The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. All locked up with two rounds of the Rugby Championship to be played. Your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Huge response to our wonderful chat with Michael Checker last week. Uh, one of our biggest ever in terms of download numbers. And thanks to everyone who got in touch via the various means in the last few days to let us know how much they enjoyed it. I got a couple of text messages from colleagues even, which was uh, which is pretty cool and, and greatly appreciated. And you, of course, can have your say each week on the Raw or you can hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, back home but still buzzing on Australian hospitality and exorbitant stadium pricing, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you going? Brett, so normally at this stage I say how's it? But today I'm going to do something a little special. I'm going to say how's it in all the vernacular of all the countries when when the top 10 in right now, okay? At this point <laughs> on your pod list, all pod listeners, speed it to two times at this point because they'll go very fast because there's a lot of countries. Okay, here we go. Como está tu? Como ingel? Como stai? How's it? Vigitet? Forden kadernet? Hur et dat? Huchandet? Kefa halek? Dima? Sitor hasti? Huchanhet? Mitakulu? Sava? Viget? Apakabar? WhatsApp? And Hujambi. That was right Zimbabwe. On. That was Zimbabwe. Cool. Okay. All right. Good. Now I got all of those. Made perfect sense. Uh, highlights of the trip, very quickly, very briefly. Uh, meat pies, man. Uh, yeah. No, cool. No, like, I, I really, I'll, I'll say this. I think people on social media have followed a lot of my trip already, but I'll say the East's Rugby Club smash knockout between Forrest and colleagues which ended up in an eight-all draw and colleagues advanced because of their superior log position was really brutal, grassroots fun. Uh, I loved it. I talked to everyone there. They had a great clubhouse. I loved the the sledging. The sledging was incredibly bad and good at the same time. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Now, good to see you had a good trip. Uh, Very, very sorry I couldn't be in the same place that you were through I'm most alive. Uh, yeah, well, so am I, frankly. There were times that on Heinle Street in Adelaide that I wasn't sure I was going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not to speak of you know, hospitality in St Kilda in, in Melbourne. But on to this week's guest, mate. Uh, and it's someone who's been there and done that all around the rugby world uh, and who's about, about to embark on a new chapter, um, but who would be sharing many of the same Wallabies frustrations that we all are right now. The Raw Rugby Podcast. Back to the pods, Melbourne Studios we go. And from there, we welcome former Brumbies, Leicester, Melbourne Rebels, Wallabies, and New South Wales Country Eagles fly half, Matt Tomua. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I feel like it's a bit of a stitch up coming after Jack and Harry saying hello in 10 languages, but I've got Konnichiwa. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, I, did, I didn't pick up Konnichiwa there. I was, I was, I'm sure you'll have yeah, to work yeah, on that for us. Yeah, yeah, a new word. Yeah, not very well known. Um, but, uh, Kumbawa, <laughs> actually. It's a little bit, it's a little bit that, uh, later in the day is what I've been told. So Now, um, you uh, you can you can make Harry's day here because I, I haven't mentioned your little short stint with Western Province there in that. A list of former clubs there. We were just talking about I was yeah. just talking about this on air with with Harry. That was very, very early in your your career. I, I want to say you were coming back from injury, is that right? It was um no, it was pre it was pre-injury. That's how early it was. Uh, so it was 2009. Yeah, right. Um I like to say I peaked a little early in my career. Um I played <laughs> a little bit of super um and then Basically, then Super ended, you know, I think it was Super 14, ended quite early and you'd, you'd go mm. play club rugby for Easts. And it was a little bit of a lull period. And um, Rassi messaged Robbie Dean, said they needed a fly-off. Um, so it wasn't necessarily head-hunted. It was just who, who was available. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll jump at that. And to this day is one of the best uh, rugby experiences of my life, for sure. We went to the semifinals at, um, at Newlands there. And, uh, one, yeah, one of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced. Yeah, right. Guys, uh, I was there. I watched you, but uh, it was you overlap with some good players. You had Joe Peterson, uh, one of the underrated yeah. guys, Peter Grant. Um, oh yeah. I think that Dwayne Vermeulen was just starting out with his long frosted hair. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually lived with uh, Bash or Peter Grant, as they say, for a bit. And then um, Francois Lowe, who went on to be oh, a yeah? distinguished uh, Springboard, Dwayne. Um, oh, mate, the Skulk Burger. Um, like, yeah, I, I was I was incredibly lucky, the, the, the people that I got to play with there. And, and how old were you then, mate? Like 19, 20? 19, yeah, just turned 19. Yeah, right. So this is the, 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 the white headgear days. This no no no. Sorry, sorry. Came off after the first year. Once I realised that you know, it's oh, oh yeah, I'm not as brittle as I thought I was. But uh, yeah. no, these were these were different days though. These were like left sock on before right sock. Didn't do anything on gate. So there were still some rituals, <laughs> but not as bad. <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. So mad, did Rossi make you watch very long videos every Monday? <laughs> 62 did, but it was all videos. That, yeah, 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 exactly. Him him just blaming the ref. Um, no, we uh, it was all in Afrikaans, so I just I you know just nodded. I guess it's I'll probably you know it's probably what I'll take to Japan as well. Just okay. <laughs> Kick the ball past the ball. Right. It's all pretty similar. Okay, good, good. Yeah. yeah. Universal <laughs> yeah, language, yeah, rugby. Yeah. Universal exactly. language. Well, mate, it's been, it has been an interesting, a very interesting rugby championship so far. Um, a frustrating one for the Wallabies this weekend. We'll start where we start every week. Every week. Um, what stood out for you on another wild weekend in the rugby championship? Lack of consistency from yeah. everyone. Yeah. Really. Um, and, you know, I watch it with two hats, really. I watch it as a, I don't know if I'm a past player, but I kind of am. A past good player. I'm still playing, but I'm not good anymore. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I watch it from that side of things where I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm critical of the rugby, but then as an entertainment point of view, geez, what, what an amazing, um, yeah, like just it, it, it's been amazing. No teams won twice in a row to have yeah. these two like, you know, I think the criticisms early on about the, these tours, two game tours, were that it would significantly advantage the home team. It would, it's just hasn't been the case. Um, no. And so that 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 for me has been remarkable, and it, it shows how uh, the, the gap is really really small at the moment. Yeah. Like it's it's far more mental gap than it is a, a strategic or anything. Can you remember a rugby championship that's been this close and this tight? Four four rounds. No, in? Oh, mate, I, I I don't reckon anyone would really like. Yeah. You'd have to go back to like, Tri Nations days, I'd say. Um, but to mm. actually have since the um, Argentinians have come in, um, you know. You haven't. We haven't experienced this. No. And if anything, and this is something we've talked about, Harry, the the the, the two game mini series has has actually enhanced things this year. It's it's actually it's it's created a bit of a narrative in, in each leg of it. Yeah, I think so. I think the you know you could see my pimpy had read the press. Uh, I was in Australia and I watched that tackle uh, every on every hour they were doing it because because league guys like it too because it looked like a league tackle mm-hmm. and so. I think everyone was getting into that. Impossible to avoid it if you're in countries. Other thing is you're, you've normalized your travel schedule. So, you know, if you're coming over and then you can actually, you can bed in and the second game, maybe you're firing or yeah. you're both tra- or you're both traveling back, like maybe. And so then you catch the home team without the home. It just, it's an interesting twist on the plot. Yeah. And then of course it's all set up by the All Blacks return to the mean. They have not been imperious uh bulletproof you know they this has set up this incredible story right now Mm. where um where ian foster still seems like in the coaching box he's just you know coughing up blood it just looks like there's so much stress on the guy it's not fun (laughs) yeah uh, it's it's a the yo-yo is continuing with new with new zealand yeah it really is what stood out for you on the weekend i have a sneak suspicion i know what this is (laughs) i I mean, really, just the city, the city of Sydney, and yeah. um, that incredible stadium they have now. I know it was a, a spoiled party, but still, my goodness, what a state-of-the-art facility! It's like you couldn't even fall down walking on surfaces. They stick this, your shoes stick, but not too much. Um, the uh, everything is just designed with perfect sight lines. There's not a bad seat yeah. in the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing that's funny is they said no one would get wet. So there's zero drip line yeah. or something. Okay, that's everyone ridiculous. got wet. Yeah, <laughs> we were. Yeah, we were Harry Holt in the front row. So yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and you know how we're paying how how 
the state of New South Wales is paying for that stadium with three dollars tomato sauce packets. This, this outraged so many people around me. I mean, I didn't really. Oh, it's absolutely but outrageous. But I'm playing it up because it was funny, and uh, <laughs> it was, I was dumbstruck. You know, I was like, oh. With good reason. I was like, oh, look, look, look over there. I just took some sauce for free. <laughs> fair, three, fair. three bucks. Three bucks, uh, Matt, for gourmet tomato sauce. I've never thought of uh, smuggling in ketchup into a into a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this yeah. might be a new one. Yeah, I know they they check for weapons, but ketchup will be might now. Be yeah, a new product. Will be now. You'll be, yeah. we'll be going in with two two concealed flasks, one with the rum, one with tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I think I've got to make mention, of, and we and we'll get onto this. I think I've got to make mention of the of the All Blacks response, and, and you said it on Saturday night, Harry, in the in the instant reaction. We've waited for it, we've waited for it, and holy moly, it came back, didn't it? it just, yeah. Uh, I think we knew that something like that was coming, but the question now is, can they? back it up and i guess that's where we sort of head into this everyone's struck by the same thing but the the, the all black yo-yo matt you know will yeah it, will it will it will it continue with a loss in melbourne or can new zealand finally back up a good win with another what's what what have you seen this year that that's made them look so volatile the the interesting thing for me is there i think what are they three wins this year they those three wins have been uh, typical All Blacks. You look at that Irish yes. yep. game, first game. I think it was in Eden Park. Yeah, you that for me, you're like, uh, they're back. They're exactly the team. They you know dominate physical, uh, playoff loose ball, that kind of stuff. It's the losses that have been really like they haven't been like really close losses where you they've been really out of out of character. Um, so that that difference and that consistency has been quite. Um, unusual um, like mm. do, you know ho- hopefully it does continue and in, 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 as you know as a wallaby fan in melbourne but um absolutely yeah like it, it it is interesting i think for me the all blacks in the past if they had a if they had a less than um, perfect game they would they would still find a way to win um and i think that's we're finding nowadays that teams are teams aren't as afraid of playing them um and that they have to be really really good to to, to beat these teams because um you know, it was something that I remember speaking with a few of my England mates um, who played for England. They say every team plays their best game against England. It would be the same thing against the All Blacks. Like, you know, everyone's gearing up for, for to play New Zealand. And, um, yeah, so if they're a little bit off, it, it shows. Mm, yeah. It seems, like it, it seems like it has to be mental, Matt, because those are great players. You look at the team sheet of All Blacks, it's still formidable. Um, they haven't changed their dimensions. They're just mm. as big, metallic, Sam Whitelock. Now they've discovered some young locks, uh, some props, and they've got some Sony going crazy. Um, you know, Frizzell's a unit. They've got other units. It just seemed like something in All Black camp is is not really settled. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there, there's this sort of like frustration, defiance. Then they kind of a little bit meek sometimes in the in the final game against Ireland, and maybe also when they lost uh, uh, in South Africa the first game. Do you think it's something like cultural or what? What are we looking at as as why the All Blacks are up and down so much? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree with you when you say cultural. Uh, not cultural, sorry. I'd agree when you say mental. Um, you know, you can't yeah. really explain um, significant score lines as a, an increase in skill. It's not like they got Joey Johns out to show them how to throw a cutout ball or something <laughs> like it. it, it it's got to be something that was kind of in there. Um for me, I think the makeup of their team is really interesting. I think other than Adi Savia, they lack a really kind of dominant ball carrier, um, you know. And, and for me, you look against that Irish team, they dominated them physically. Yeah. And the Springboks were the same. When they when they beat the Springboks, they were much better at the ruck. Um, I think that's something that's underrated with the Kiwis is, is they're, they're – they are usually the best in the world at the ruck, at the physicality at the ruck, whether they win the contact or not. They they just blast through that ruck, and that ruck speed, I think, is uh, it was the quickest in the world. Whereas now, mm. I'd start arguing that it, it's 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 not that case. And so, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a cultural thing. I think there's um, 
I think they probably need to tweak a few things in terms of how they're playing and the way the game's going with this fast defensive line and and, and getting some bigger ball carriers, whether it be in the centres. Mm-hmm. Um, they've used wingers in the past, like a Julian Sarver carrying first phase or a Martin Onu. Or, you know, we use Rob Valentini and, and, and Simon Karevi. I think they need a, a few of those guys just to kind of get them going. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Adi, Adi Savi and Shannon Frizzell now are going to miss this. Yeah. Uh, they, they're going to miss the, the first Bledisloe tour. Um, and it seems just when the all-back back row looks like it sort of makes a bit of sense, they're probably the two blokes that you want to miss the least at the moment. I agree. Especially Artie, he's you know he's he's um he's in some some form at the moment. But I'd argue against the against the Australians, they can probably have a bit more of a mobile back row um, because we we do like to play it a little bit wider. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Etihad or Marvel. I think it's called. Sorry, yep. under the roof, yep. you're probably going to be playing a bit quicker game. Um, so you know, it might work into their. It, it might not be as catastrophic. Um, yeah, it, it, it we'll we'll figure it out. I guess we'll find out. But that 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 would be my mm. predictions. I'd say. Yeah, it's not horrible to have a Dalton Papali'i and Luke Jacobson <laughs> roll on or Hoska Sotutu. Um, yeah. Speaking of speaking of ruts, and you said that the All Blacks blast through. Yeah, they blast through like two meters past it and and create an, a giant zone of ruck. Um, yeah. And that's what I think uh, Checker was talking about. Uh, to go to the Wallabies and how they front up now in the Bledisloe one on a Thursday night, to me, the Wallabies struggles have all flowed from this. They're really good on phase one, two. They're not good beyond that. When you get to phase five, they're always getting turned over or doing something that leaves them open to the counter. They themselves are countering really well. So in Adelaide, mm-hmm. they countered and they did good phase one, two, but they, they just don't seem to be able to clean wide. And so you just said all blacks are good at the ruck. Is that where this is going to be won or lost, do you think, in the breakdown? Yeah, look, I, I thought the Wallabies issues on the weekend were traditionally our strength, which was phase one or two. I think your first two lineouts, uh, there were two missed cleanouts. So you got Sia Khaleesi on the ball. First scrum was, uh, I think, Nick threw wide. Tom Wright dropped it. Yeah. We just couldn't get any rhythm. Um, and you need rhythm. You need uh, pace of the game against um against uh the spring box what an interesting observation i heard actually from a very very well uh well you know extremely good coach was was the profile of australian rugby and making sure we adapt to the new the newer look team in that sense so traditionally rugby you know um white collar you know hard working that kind of sport whereas now we've got a lot more power athletes and we need to rather mm. get in the Rather than getting to phase five, eight, seven, we need to be a bit more springy on our one, two, three. And then if, if you know, if it's lost cause, then let's set up another um, contest somewhere else, whether that be an attacking kick, whether that be whatever. Um, you know, we've got a lot more power-based athletes. Um, so to be asking, you know, 10, 12 phases is, is probably not playing to our strengths as much anymore. Like you, you look at that team, it is very Pacific Island heavy, uh, known for the physicality, known for that kind of, um, powerful game so it is interesting um, I think Dave Rennie probably represents a little bit of that he brings that all that structure that we're starting to see um, off uh, kick kick return that's all him mm. uh, he there's all these all these calls and plans off actually kick return you get more kick returns than you do line outs in a game so he, he's managed to use that as a set piece which is really good and it was interesting that yeah. he, he, made, he made notes particularly on the weekend that that there was times where there was space in behind the, the the box line or even at behind the back three that that he just sort of lamented the fact that that, that, that wasn't used and Reese Hodge kicked once for the night and that sort yeah. of gives you the idea. Yeah, you look when you play when you play the spring box and we did it amazingly in Adelaide, you, you kick long, you kick in, you keep their forwards moving. When the line out goes, you, you do variations at the line out. The first test you saw us, I think we threw over the top twice the hunter we did a couple peel plays um and we basically just didn't let them find their footing it's and it was right from the start the kickoff first kickoff went down the center of the field you know south africans traditionally like to catch it nice and high on the on the on the corner set up a ruck you know put a bomb up and then you know and get into their rhythm so the idea of just unsettling them right from Mm. the start i thought we did to a script uh in in game one 
game two, we 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 struggled to execute, um, and then it kind of got a little bit gritty, and and you know, just kind of invited them to play their game. And that's and and that's where and that's where it fell over for the Wallabies, isn't it? When it when it got a bit gritty, and it got a, when they needed to be able to get into that grind, they just couldn't yeah. quite match it. No, it just, it felt like, we, which is something I think we've got to work on. It, it seems if we start yeah. well, like we did in Adelaide, we, we kind of seem to continue. Whereas if, we, if, we're, if we're not, you know, necessarily dominating, we're, we're struggling to kind of maybe, you know, win the game from 20 minutes on. Um, and I, you know, I don't know why that is, but that, that just seems a little bit of a trade at the moment, I'd say. Yeah, well, and it goes back even last year as well. I think we've, it's, it's something that I've noted a little bit this year that, I think it's four four out of seven games this year. That was about seven games. I think last year, so that's twelve games over the two years. They've trailed at halftime and mm. and lost. So only only twice they've come back from trailing at halftime in, in yeah. two seasons now. Yeah. It's well, the truth, the truth is, yeah, the truth is nowadays with these teams, you cannot afford to be chasing from fifteen three or seventeen three or. Really, even yeah. ten nil. I mean, you can you can catch them like the box did uh, in Ellis Park and All Blacks, but then the effort you expend to get back to 25-23, then Rico Yanni just runs up around you. So, Matt, the system or personnel is one of those questions. You know, do you fit it to the new power athlete, or do you try to fit it to a system you have and recruit that way? And I, I suppose that underlying that question is, does Dave Rennie know his fifteen? I mean, is, is that fifteen or even that? 23 well known enough to do that or is it still a process of him finding it yeah it's an interesting one um i think eddie jones's book he talks about many ways to kind of skin a cat that he you know he would he would adopt one philosophy at the reds and not certain didn't necessarily work at the wallabies or you know vice versa in england so it's you know it is a little bit chicken and egg but you do have to be aware of what you've got available uh, what your strengths are as a coach i think um Probably to my detriment, really. Um, it, you know, we traditionally <laughs> in Australia would use a, a ten and twelve ball play, yes, uh, ball player. Whereas um, with Renz's uh, system, he's he's more gone two midfield carriers, probably your fifteen as your second ball player, yes, um, to get that width, um, and then playing off and then playing off nine a little bit more now that the the line speed. So because line speed such a high thing now, you, you we've got ball. We need ball carriers at twelve and at thirteen. Um, whereas, you know, your days of your Matt Giddos and that are probably um, starting to be phased out, and they're starting mm. to bring those centers back in again, which um, seems to go in cycles a little bit, I'd say. But it, it seems like our fifteens probably playing that second playmaker role, which makes it interesting in terms of guys like Kurtley. Um, you know, that fits his profile very, very well. Um, mm. and so, you know, being able to play a little bit wider. Um, so, yeah. Do you is, like playing? It, do you like playing ten or twelve yourself? I mean, or has has that changed? In your- <laughs> and yeah, and how many and oh. how many times have you been asked this in your life? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I like ten, mate. I've I've always been a ten. Um, I've, I enjoy playing twelve when it's a second ball player role. Um, but. You know, when I when I get asked to put on weight and, and ball carry and, and that, it, it doesn't really suit my game. I think when I was younger, I found that transition a little bit easier. Um, you know, just a bit more athletic and that kind of stuff. But was as I got a little bit older, that transition started to become a little bit harder. I probably didn't didn't like that kind of confrontational, like you know, extreme confrontational part of the game. I liked it kind of being a little asset of mine, but not necessarily mm. the main focus. So. Uh, no, 10, 10 for me uh, or 12 in a kind of different system. But Yeah, I, I kind of asked that because of the 6-2. So when you play 6-2 bench, yeah. you're really needing people who can play two or maybe three positions. You saw what yeah. happened in, uh, in Sydney, right? You had such a scramble. I mean, I, yeah. I lost track of Jake Gordon was a wing and some uh, yeah. Callaway, Callaway was in the center. It was crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I hate it. The six two always have. Never think. I don't think. It, I don't think it's a good. Um, you know, I'm sure coaches would probably argue that there's been games that it may have won the game, but I I, I've, I remember plenty that it, where it hasn't. I think um, might have been the Lions 2013. You had Pat McCabe and someone else go down early, and yeah, I I just think you need that insurance. I think you need that insurance. Um, I'm 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 actually I think we should change the rules on the bench and only allowed four subs a game or something like that. And, and now this is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah. Tim, Tim Horan said exactly the same thing a couple of weeks ago. Have, still have your mm. eight man bench, 
but yeah. limit it to four four actual replacements in the game. Yeah, you, have to, I, I, you have to have two of those have to be a prop. So you're really just yeah. talking about two backs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you get one back and one back row or something like that. I just and look, they're gonna manipulate it um because of safety and that. However, I don't think that should negate the discussion. Um, I, I think we need fatigue in the game. You know, you got yeah. six forwards coming on fresh at, with 30 minutes to go. Like, yeah. it's it's pretty hard to break a defensive line down, you know, when, when they're that fresh and they're that, you know, and, and so those tussles, those games that are nice and tight when you're playing for penalties, it's it's kind of, you kind of have to. Um, yeah. So. Mm. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see I'd love to see Pete Samuel having to play in the centres because we've used our bench up. You know, like I'd love to see yeah. that again. Let's let's bring a bit of that. He let's... looks he looks so good. I don't know why he's not getting a run. I would like to have, have a Samu, Bellatini, Harry Wilson back row against the All Blacks. Mm. That's a ball yeah, carrying. Interesting. You, you, you've got yeah, you've got good good ball carriers there. I think unfortunately on the ball. Depending on what ref you get, you, you don't know what on the ball kind of return you're going to get if you pick on ballers. Um, but Sam is he's kind of, I don't know if he's stitched himself up, but he's um he's been so great off the bench. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you know he's yeah. gonna come on with 30 to go and, and and provide something really, really good. You almost go, all right, do we do we bank on that? Um, but that's kind of my point, is I, yeah. I, I think we need to get we need to get rid of that stuff. But I'd I'd love to see him on and then can only make a sub. Santa goes down. All right, Pete, you're playing at 12. Let's, let's so open it so Yeah, so speaking of the only test team that probably wants a 7-1 bench, South Africa, um, <laughs> you, you, you would have made a lot of money uh, before the season if you had picked um, Jaden Hendricks, uh, Damian Willemsa at 9-10 and a 19-year-old at wing, uh, Kanan Moody, um, to yeah. start. Uh, in that very important game. So you have this youth brigade, but you also have old Franz Dane, old Dwayne from Ulan, um, and a couple old, other guys. Old, old Spiders LaRue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, say, I, saw, I saw Spiders LaRue hanging out with Jed Holloway, who had literally lifted him out of that melee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, reckon, I reckon they played together at Toyota. That's, yeah. I, I noticed That's that as well. Game, I, I reckon yeah. they played together. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, yeah, so yeah, my question, Matt, is about that. It's sort of like I know that uh, Rossi and, and 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 Jacques are very methodical, and so mm. it, are you seeing that they're literally just trying to decide their players, you know, sixteen to twenty-three, twenty-three to thirty-one for the World Cup oh, by experimenting with currently Aaron's Kane and Moody and these guys. Definitely. Um... Last year, no, not last year, sorry, 2019, we played in Johannesburg and we played a different test team to what they played in Wellington the week later because they had sent their team off. And it's not really in our culture in Australia to kind of think ahead and plan to be the best. And, we, you know, we're very much, uh, we, we scrap, we scrap. And um, whereas, you know, Rusty will take his critics on and, you know, like fair play, he does have the, he, he's got the cattle where he can do such a thing. Um, but... I think also an issue we have in Australian rugby is we'll we'll search for for youth, um, but we're yeah we, we're struggling to kind of also re-engage some other guys who can offer stuff say culturally. Um, so it has been nice to see Quaid there. Um, it has been nice to see Kurtley come back, but just to mix that. Whereas South Africa, you, you see even down to provincial level, Jake White's brought in Mornay. You know, yes. he's, brought, he, he, he's bringing in guys who. Who can add something? They don't. They might not necessarily run the quickest forty meter sprint or the the you know the longest yo yo, but they've got some experience that is kind of hard to you know hard to test, um, but it add it adds value. Um, so it, it will be interesting. I I feel like uh, Australian rugby. You know, we're going into this kind of golden period or opportunity period, and we we probably. Uh, making a few selections or a few decisions based on that 2025, 2027, which um, makes complete sense really as well. Mm. Are you going to, um, are you going to be lining up more no stone style in your late forties, mate? That means you're still playing in 15 <laughs> well, years. The, kicker is in. the thing is you need an X factor <laughs> to come back to. I don't know what it'll come back to. <laughs> oh, God. But it is amazing oh. seeing that. Eh? Like he, oh, it he, is. he played that lines, you know, like the, the blokes. Yeah. Kids. Fixing two separate lines like that is just 
it was it was it was almost like they brought him back just to kick that winning penalty in that last yeah, game he, that, and he and he the, did. That's the guy I've you got to kick for your life. If you had a kick, yeah, exactly. kick for your life, more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a mate, I've got a mate actually who um forged a uh, photographer's bib in that game at Loftus. I think it might have been Loftus first felt the second test in way back 2000 and nine and nine. he forged a photographer's bib got on the field and caught the ball that Mornay kicked and he's run on the field taking photos he got arrested later but it was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> he got arrested at the u.s open actually he did the same thing at the u.s open he's got video of him getting bailed out but he's a he's classic for that stuff your mate's not more, java, is funny. Guy, guy no, java. <laughs> java. The thing about Mornay is he's very sneaky he, he looks like he's a little bit puffy that's because he has padding on he wears about four different shirts and has yeah. padding. We took off his shirt. He has a four pack. He's actually in very yeah. good shape. Yeah, Fred, he, he must have Fred, the same padding that Franz Stein has. Oh, I was going to say this. Fred yeah, Stein is like he's, he, he's got a yes. bit of padding, but he's yeah. still got it. He's, he's still he's, got it. Some different sorts of padding, I think, now yeah. for, for for young friends. Um, what have you made of uh, of Lost Pumas, mate? They they look more varied under under check, and yeah. and maybe they were until. Till Hamilton, but and they'd been, I think they'd been tougher to, to break down as well. But um, yeah. he said to us last week that he's adapted and he's evolved as a coach. How, how are you seeing that being able to get through to next year? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one coming on this because I'm, I'm commenting as someone who's analyzing it, but I have such respect for I don't want it to come across as condescending or critical of Chad no, no, no. because I have so much respect for him, you know. Um, but I, I think that's spot on. I think he's adapted. That, that second test, uh, I think it was at, at San Juan. San Juan, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the use of the contestable kicking game changed everything. Yeah, changed, changed the whole dynamic of the game. And we didn't have that as Wallabies um, in that era. You know, we, we would always kick long. We would have ball in hand. We would play a certain way. And so I think... Once again, many ways to skin a cat, many ways to win a game. And I thought he used that contestable game. You know, they probably have taller wingers as well who can test better in the air. There's many reasons for it, but it changed the whole dynamic of the backfield. It reduced the line speed of the Wallabies and it, and then they just, they got to play their traditional Argentinian offload type of mm. scramble play. So I haven't seen that from him uh, before. Uh, and so I found that very, very interesting. And you know, it was executed really well as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, he, I think people do forget that coaches are on a journey as well. They're learning as much as players. They don't, don't often always have the answers there and then. So um, it's pretty cool to see. It, it'll be really interesting to see how they, how they do match up against the box in these mm. next two games. And, and especially with these next two games being home and away, that's, that's yeah. going to be a different dynamic as well. It is, it, you know, the, the two tour system that we're talking about was really interesting. Um, mm. That obviously that, that dynamic is taken away. So you, you do bring in travel. Um, one thing for me, they, they brought in 2020 with these two man tackles um, when he was assistant coach, these two man. So traditionally in Australia, we, we, we target low and then we get on the ball presence, you know, and then um, whereas your, your Irish, old South African, Welsh would will, will do that choke, hold up, tackle. Um, they've kind of gone like a rugby league format where you you dominate the contact zone through a you know a mid range shot and a second man over the top, you know twisting yeah. and forcing the ball play on the ground. And I think you, it, it, you saw it a couple of years ago, and I think it's really evolved now. And you know Kidwell's obviously there, and you've got all that yeah. kind of that storyline. But I, I think that begun a few years ago now and check was planting seeds and um that that was really interesting for me because that was the you think of the all blacks the first game that was that was all defense really mm. uh, and it was those two-man tackles they couldn't dominate the the breakdown they couldn't dominate the uh the game line um through a different way so it's it, it is mm. it's interesting to watch it was it was it was fascinating to hear him say and we we talked about his his coaching team that he's assembled over there in, in Argentina. And he said that he, he, he wanted to put together a different team this year. He wanted mm. to, to do things differently to how he'd always do it. So that's, you talk about the evolution of the coach and, you know, you're, you're always learning, aren't you? You're always evolved. Yeah. I, oh, look, I, you know, um, Czech and I have disagreed on many things and we're both strong headed people. And I'm, I'm probably <laughs> a bit dumber. Um, 
But one thing you never criticize him about is his desire to be better and improve yeah. and question himself and 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 look for better techniques and um yeah so you know that i remember many times he'd be going to seattle seahawks he'd be you know like he's always looking to improve he's always looking to evolve and um yeah it's it's remarkable because as i say i think uh, traditionally in australia we think we we give all the reins to the head coach and we go all right you you've either got it or you don't and then if you don't you're out whereas it's mm-hmm. you know like they might evolve you know they might be different in three years Stephen larkin come back to the brumbies probably a different coach now that he's been outside of uh canberra for a little while so mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to allow time for coach development as well. So Matt, what's, what's Michael Checker like when he's mad at you and he's arguing? Is he a good listener? <laughs> does, he fight, does he fight fair? Yeah. So in, um, we were in Argentina. So it was awful. Are we telling stories on this? We'll tell stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course we Argentina are. once. Right. So, um, and we just lost to South Africa and he's named the team and he's dropped me to the bench and I'm, I'm livid. So I, we, we're in the, we're in the left and I pressed stop and I said, mate, what's going on? You know, like I shouldn't be dropped. I'm the best player in the world. All you stopped the lift. Yeah. And then we, then we got out of the left and we sat out the side and we're, we, we, you know, we're, we, we're having, having a little bit of a go and, and then this week, the bus driver decided that he's leaving on the dot no matter what. We're setting standards, blah, blah, blah. So him, Czech and I have had this real heated argument. Um, and, I'm, you know, I was getting quite emotional. He's probably used to it. And then we get out there. Then the bus have, has driven off without us. So I then had to share a cab ride with him 35 minutes <laughs> after training after just oh, landing him. Oh my God. It was, it was, and, and, you know, fair play to him. Like we were just talking and it's business at the end of the day, but um, yeah, I, I don't envy coaches. Um, someone told me once it's like breaking up with your girlfriend every weekend, every week, you've, you've got to drop people, you know, you, you break people's hearts every week um, in terms of selection. You pick people every week. It's, it, it's quite a tough gig that I think it's um, definitely the least life part of uh, their job. Yeah, you seem like someone who could be a coach, though. Is that in your future? Uh, no, I don't think so. I want to stay in sports admin, though, if I'm being honest. Like, I would like mm-hmm. to do more of, like, a director of rugby kind of role. Mm-hmm. I, I think the the I've spent so much time on tape for so long, um, you know, reading tape, doing all that kind of stuff, that I, I probably want a different, you know, like how, how to put a program together, how to do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, I think, I, I think I'll head more that, that, that kind of direction if I can. Rugby on the raw, but the um, the next path, the next chapter for you is is nearly here. You're heading off to Japan in a few weeks. The the Mitsubishi Dynabores. What I, um, what 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 drew you to them? What drew me to them? Uh, well, they got promoted. Um, yeah. The week, Yen obviously didn't help. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, I. I, I I had to have a little bit of a uh, bit of a self-awareness realization of where I'm at yeah. as a player. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on contract technically till next year, but coming off contract in a World Cup year as a non-Wallaby, you, you probably go down the pecking order a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I could fight for my place or I could probably be a little bit uh, pragmatic. And so I, I chose the latter. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. So um Dinobores, we've just been promoted to the the top league, which is great. Uh, heavily influenced Japanese team, so not not too many yeah. foreigners. Um, so I'm gonna, I, I think I really enjoy crafting game plan and 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 help coaching and and, and that kind of bit that you get with the Japanese um, teams, with it being you know younger um, programs there. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to a change. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the lesson, Japanese lesson, sorry. And I'm, the language has been really good as well. I'm, I'm trying my best with that. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of a reinvigoration. In rugby in Japan, do you, like, speak Japanese, but then say breakdown, you know, like, Japanese, yeah. Japanese, Japanese, breakdown, line out. Is that how it works? I'll be, I'll be able to answer that question in a couple months. I wish I could get the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but you, just, you just said it before. Add and, just add to yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Des and Sun is what I've been told. Just said the other. No, uh, it's the rugby stuff's the least intimidating because I, I think you said it earlier, Brett. Um, it, we have it's our own language. Um, yeah. It really is. Like we we speak in code half the time. If I told you, you know, a four man a four man bullet, you know, 
42x back there l that's that's english but it's it's rugby you know so yeah um yeah so we're very much that that's the least intimidating bit i'm more worried about how i'm going to go and order my um asahi on the weekend and make sure <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. the day-to-day stuff i think that'll be interesting yeah yeah um the also, i mean dinosaur also, is a good name is there a, good a name. mascot yeah is there a mascot uh, of a dinobore does, does that exist because we need to see it well, i googled it and it's not i don't think it's a thing a dinobore i don't think a dinobore is a thing i see them doing this all the time so i feel like you know the tasman marcos do that i feel yeah, like yeah. Dinobores doing this so okay mate, I, I, i'm not meaning to be disrespectful in any way shape or form i, I assume it's a wild boar dinobore um I, I i actually you know that my, my contact with the club has been very limited at the moment mm. um it's just kind of you know see you here october one then you got to be really fit and strong and awesome so um the, the stuff on the <laughs> The kind of other peripheral stuff is things that I'll I'll probably learn as we go and I'll be able to answer a little bit better later. It seems to be the Japanese way. You have you have your mascot and then you stick an adjective in front of it. So they're not just <laughs> regular wolves and regular knights and regular boars. They're sun wolves yeah. and they're wild knights and they're you know, brave that, lupus and dinobores. Brave lupus. Yeah, that I think yeah. that, that, that's probably the best explanation I've heard, actually. That would make sense because it yeah. is like a wild boar. Um, but I guess he's dynamic as well. It seems like, so, yeah. Well, we'll have you on before round one, and you can give us the whole. Yeah, yeah, I'll let of, you know. I'll let uh, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, I actually have to miss round one. It was funny. I had my, I was doing my job interview, and I said, "Mate, I'm actually getting married on the 15th of December. Can I have a week <laughs> off?" <laughs> so that didn't start too well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how good! You, you talked about having to be a bit pragmatic this year and, and mm. you, you, you lamented the move away from dual playmakers and things is there yeah. a is, is there a moment when that hits you and is it something like missing a training squad in april where you, where you realize oh this actually might be getting away from me yeah yeah there is um and it's it's a range of emotions i think i've i'd, I'd say I'm, i've come to terms with it now um there is part of you that goes, oh, you giving up, you know, like uh, you question yourself, yeah. you giving up, uh, yeah, you know, and, and that competitive side that served you so well for so long is probably going to be the detriment of you as well if you if you kind of keep flogging a dead horse in a way. Um, so uh, there's definitely not a moment. There's You, you get signals. Um, yeah. As I say, the way the game, the team wanted to be played, I was like, ah, oh, it's not really suiting my style all right do i adapt adapt my style so you know i try to put on weight and get stronger mm. and all that as i say these things are a little bit harder as you get older um uh you're harder to learn new tricks a little bit yeah um but yeah and, no, and is there, uh, sorry is there, a, is, there is, is there a, is there a conversation with dave that to can to confirm what you're maybe second guessing or does it just become perfectly well, yeah like um partly partly yeah. like so it it they speak in actions really so you see it in selection um yeah sure you know, they, they will they let me know that they see me as a 12 and they want me to you know be a ball carrier uh primarily and then a playmaker second so um so that, you know you do get that kind of direct feedback but then you you probably see it in selection of other teams and and what the way they're doing stuff and you go okay i think it's moving this way um but it's hard it's hard it's hard not to be bitter sometimes as well i think sometimes you 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 start um you get you get a little bit bitter at selections and um yeah you go through a little bit of an emotional roller coaster um so coming to terms with it and actually being really supportive of the guys who are in there and realizing that i had my i had a you know my turn in a sense and i Mm. i did the best i could and um yeah i'll contribute to the rugby community in another way now um but yeah it is it's it's uh it's interesting for sure i hear i hear every now and again i hear about um australian australian cricketers who who say they always have the bag green ready to go again just in case but they realize that they've they've had it ready to go for three years and it's probably time yeah yeah it, it is a little bit like that like there is um there is a Ah, oh, it's it's it is it's so hard. Like it's your dream yeah. as a kid, and you never yeah, like. I'm not going to get this option in ten years. So like you know, it's. But for me, I, I just it was. I don't think I could do the jersey justice anymore. If I'm being yeah. honest, the commitment. Um, I'd try my best. You know, I just I, I, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think the commitment day to day there is is probably where it was when I was a little bit younger. And um, so 
yeah, it, it is an interesting journey and, you know, um, one that you, you float with emotions. You go, yeah. oh, I've got it today. And then other days you're like, I, I can't, I can't, it's too hard. And then, um, so, yeah. Is that, is that one of the first, uh, is that one of the first times you've, you've maybe admitted that publicly that you don't think you could do the, the Jersey justice anymore? Probably. I don't do too many. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that, um, and that wasn't yeah, supposed yeah, to be I, a hard question either. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I don't really, um, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I would. Um, I, yeah. I would really struggle with the the commitment um, early morning, you know, physical battle toll, like I, I, the 80 minutes on the weekend, I would be fine. I, I think it's, it's everything else on top of that. It's the scrutiny, the pressure that, that really got to me this year, I think at a super rugby level, I, I, I wanted to enjoy my rugby again, and I, you know, and and you know, high performance sport is is high performance sport, and so you you know, you get a lot of feedback, you get a lot of criticism, and that that for me was probably I just wasn't in a position or that I was robust enough to to, to mm. kind of take that all the time. Um, so yeah, you know, m- m- me now, I, I I don't think I'd be able to give absolutely everything that would be required for for that role. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, for me, for me, from the outside, Matt, I always thought you were an exceptionally brave player because I think you got you went looking for contact, and I think maybe yeah. sometimes you went into contact where other players would have made a business decision. You kind of mm. went <laughs> full bore. So I think uh, there's that word bore again. I think maybe you're smart enough to know that you wouldn't be able to resist the urge to go smash into Damien Delende and you know, and then exactly. wind up. Um, in a, in a bad place. So I have a question for you on this, on this dino boards. I'm still fixated on it. Uh, are you going to be the designated goal kicker for the dino boards? I hope so. Um, goal kick. So as you said, there, I think, I think, you know, it on the head, I, I am, I don't mean this in a bragging way, but I, I try to be brave, but I don't have the physical profile of someone who plays like that. You know, I'm not 105 yeah. kilos where the guy who's going to do that. So I'll, I'll go into contact full ball, but I'll, I'll probably get dominated. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so um, I, was think, I was thinking of your next tricks in your career. So you have two, two pathways I can think of right here. One is you can be on our Boar pod squad because we have a team called the Boars. So you could actually... Enough. And, yeah. Um, and you could just the play some version of it. Yeah. yeah. What 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 Harry what Harry's actually trying to angle towards is if you wouldn't mind sending a couple of Dinobores jerseys to us next for next year, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'm gonna get my own first. Jeez, no, I don't no, even get, know. No, get, get three. No, don't just oh, okay, three, okay, get three. Okay, yeah, okay. get three. Yeah. No, here's where I'm going with this. I I think in Japan you could become a pop culture hero if you incorporate in your pre-kick routine something that looks like a dinobore. Like, you know, instead of standing there like Buffelli and kind of frozen or whatever he does, you just kind of scuff the you know the, the ground with your with your feet a bit more active you reckon yeah there you go Going yeah, back to, was it piggy riddell who used to do the yeah um, yeah he did. oh all yeah. right okay yeah 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 I mean, this down, this is a good I've idea I've, I've got time i think if i can do a bit more of an active routine a dynamic yes. if that's dynamic. what I mean, a dynamic yeah. boorish routine um, the japanese love that they love that yeah i'm telling you some, yeah. some sort yeah. of anime uh no that's true <laughs> I'll, I'll, figure, I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, I, 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 feel, I feel like this is the logical point to conclude this, mate. I, I think we've just given you <laughs> active, lessons, lessons for life now. Um, oh, you know, you. you've, got a, you've got a pathway going forward for the next chapter in your career. And so mm-hmm. uh, we just say, Matt Tomua, thanks for joining us on the Royal Rugby Podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ed. I don't know how much insight I provided, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Actually, that's brilliant. Cool. No, been um, fantastic, mate. Good to uh, good to talk to you. And, and look, a, a quick a quick shout. The your stand sport work. There's something in that for you going forward too, mate. So we'll. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll touch base again in the future too. Don't you worry. Awesome, Come back anytime. Mate. Thanks, fellas. Enjoy. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. The roar. Harry, fantastic to have Matt Totomua with us uh, en route to Japan, and we certainly wish him. The best of luck over there. Uh, really enjoyed that. Super likable guy, wasn't he? Just mm. so fun. You know him already, but I didn't. And he's he just seems like a great guy to have a beer with. Yeah, yeah. And look, the the one thing I've always enjoyed about Matt is he's always given really considered answers. Um, he's always, as soon as he knows who you are, he drops a name into an answer. And that, to me, is, I don't know, that, to me, is just a sign of someone who's engaged and they 
go out of their way to find that. So that's I've always enjoyed speaking to uh, to Matt Tomoor, and um, yeah, we certainly wish him the best in his upcoming nuptials. Uh, of course, round five of the rugby championship is next weekend. We'll uh, we'll have a proper preview into that next week. And actually, it's going to be a bit funny next week. We'll go on. We'll have released the pot on Wednesday morning next week, and Bledisloe One is the Thursday night, so it's a quick turnaround next week. But yeah. that's all right. That's why we're paid the big bucks for this, obviously. What are happened to? Uh, are we getting paid uh, for Noah. this? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Noah? Noah and Hunter did they uh, get surprised? I've not. I've not heard any more. Uh, Dave Rennie said post match that that uh, Hunter Posami was Category One straight away, so he didn't ever have a, have an HIA. Uh, Noel Olaseo failed his though, so he's they're on slightly different return to play protocols, but they're still within the twelve days. The Wallabies will name um, a new squad for the Bledisloe tests uh, coming up later this week, I think. But what he did also confirm, Dave Rennie, is that Michael Hooper will sit out the rest of the rugby championship at least. There's no, um, there'll be no push for him to come back for these last two Bledisloe tests, which I think is. Probably, uh, probably a good sign, and, and we certainly wish him all the best uh, in his recovery as well. On the signing front, mate, the Waratahs um, signed a string of locks last week. Uh, Zach von Appen from Sydney Uni, uh, Zane Morolt from the Queanbeyan Whites and the Brumbies Academy, and also ex-Chiefs um, and Toyota Shockey Shuttles lock Taleni Siu um, as well. So lock was an area that the Tars have been missing a little bit in the last few years, so that's probably a good thing that they've done that. A little bit of club rugby news around Australia. Sydney Uni beat Gordon 26-19 in the Shoot Shield Grand Final on the weekend. It was a good old game too in the wet weather. I enjoyed that. Um, up in Brisbane, brothers are through to the preliminary final against the Uni of Queensland on Sunday. They beat GPS Sunday just gone. The winner of that will play West in the grand final up there on September 18. Uh, in Western Australia this weekend, the grand final will see University of Western Australia against West Scarborough. Um, and in the ACT grand final on Saturday, it's Canberra Royals against the Queanbeyan Whites. And we certainly wish everyone in the grand finals all the best um, as they chase uh, more silverware for their clubs. Toulouse opened their top 14 campaign on Sunday with a 26-25 win at Bordeaux. Uh, European Champions Cup winners, La Rochelle beat um, the top 14 champions, Montpellier, 26-22 on opening day. Can you believe the top 14 has started already? The the top 14 final was June 24. That's not even two, that's two months. Uh, it's too much rugby for those guys. It's really mad. Absolutely yeah. mad. Absolutely mad. A shout out. G'day to Laurie Dunn, who got in touch on Twitter this week. He picked up the latest Instant Reaction pod in Iceland. And we're not charting in Iceland yet, but we might be soon if Laurie keeps this up. And so thank you, Laurie. And the offer stands. If you're listening to us in Zimbabwe or Finland or Luxembourg or Germany, wherever, we want to hear from you. We will give you a shout out, just as we've done for Laurie. Um, um, but, that, mate, that is episode 34 of the Raw Rugby Podcast in the rearview mirror. Um, don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials. Don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. The Thursday two-up returns to ponder the question of consistent inconsistency that seems to have plagued all four teams in the Rugby Championship this week. Uh, and, of course, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice to ensure that the new episode drops Indian notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones, every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.